looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mmm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm -mm Mmm-mm-mm. Don't mess with me, I'm one crazy mofo. This brand is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day and special seasonal gift day. But also let's not forget large orders for party favours by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out please feel free to visit littlebeansoapery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansoapery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends ya. Also, little side note, please feel free to check out Little Bean Soapery out in person at the upcoming Monster Mania Outdoor Little Mall of Horrors. May 22nd and 23rd in Oaks, PA, as they will be bringing some themed items, including cauldron bombs, brain scrubs, jiggle soap, and bombed cold process soaps.
Are you annoyingly even keel? E-methamine could be right for you. I have a disease, alright? I need help! E-methamine lets you get gagged up on whoop chicken parts without yellowing one's teeth. Oh, yeah. Contact your doctor today if you experience the following. Oh my god! Increases in blood flow, boost in testosterone, ending of erectile dysfunction. You're naughty! This medicine is made for extreme cases of being depression. Ah, oh, come on! Side effects include fits of rage, acne, bleeding in folks around you, whooping cough, hallucinations, comas, trouble swallowing, decrease in semen, increasing amounts of selling yourself, amnesia, night terrors, higher mortgage rates, and increased sensations in not having suicidal urges. Oh my. Hey wrestling fans, this is Dan Murphy, formerly of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, along with Brian Young, and we co-authored The, the Wrestler's book. Wrestler. The Wrestler's Wrestlers, the masters of the craft of professional wrestling, and you're listening to Crazy, Crazy Train. Train Radio. Hey folks, it's your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc. Jonathan Steele. And I'm Elena, your favorite host from the Emerald Isles. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. This next book we're getting ready to talk about is a true walkthrough of wrestling history, starting way back with some of the founding fathers, such as Ed Strangler Lewis and Luthez, and goes through all the way to modern guys or modern masters such as Daniel Bryan and Kurt Angle. The wrestlers wrestlers, the masters of the craft of professional wrestling was done and written by these next two guests, Mr. Dan Murphy and Brian Young. And I'll start out like this because of what we were just joking about. How the fuck are you guys? I think I know the answer Mr. Garrison. Eric, did you just say the F word? Jew? No, he's talking about fuck. You can't say fucking school, you fucking fat ass. Kyle! Why the fuck not? Eric! Dude, you just said fuck again. Stanley! Who? Kenny! What's the big deal? It doesn't hurt anybody. Fuck, 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 fuck. I am fucking great. <laughs> I, I don't know about Dan. Because we're in, you know, we're in Buffalo, which could be shitty at times, but it was a beautiful fucking day, and I'm feeling great. He's trying to get all the swear words out of the way right away. Is, is there a quota we have to hit right up front? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I Well, Dan, are you in Buffalo as well? I am, yes. Okay. Well, my condolences since you're home of the Sabres and a Bills. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> uh, we're getting a bad connection here. I might have to go. <laughs> you're <laughs> not talking <laughs> Sabres. Yeah, I'm taking shots at the sports teams going for the uh, cheap heat. As they would hey, say, we had a great football season. Yeah, all kidding aside, love Jim Kelly. Yeah, I can't totally rag on Buffalo, though I'm not a fan of Bruce Smith. Just kidding. He's a fellow <laughs> Virginia guy. So have ties down and hit from that area as well, the Hampton Roads area, but that's a whole nother story. So, gentlemen, and I say that loosely because of what Brian said about Daniel. Oh, horrible things. <laughs> Oh yeah. 
and Dan could see where this is going right away. No, but all kidding yes, aside, no. what brought because Brian was giving me a little insight here on his background before we Dan joined the room. What brought you two together and putting this book together? You want to take it, Dan? Yeah, I'll start up on it, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I had this idea for uh, doing, I've done a couple books before, uh, most recently, uh, Sisterhood of the Squared Circle, the uh, history of women's pro wrestling uh, with ECW Press in 2017 with Pat LaProd. And I had an idea for doing a book about uh, underrated wrestlers, basically. Uh, guys who, who are respected by their peers, but may or may not have necessarily gotten a big push. And I was kind of kicking around the idea in my head and seeing if it was plausible uh, when I went to a lecture that Brian was doing. And uh, it turns out that Brian had a wrestling book idea of his own and uh, kind of bounced it off me. I bounced mine off him and together they fit really well. And uh, we ended up contacting ECW Press and we were kind of off and running. Yes, uh, ECW Press is definitely been the home, I would say, over the past several years of wrestling related books and definitely have built up some friendships with like you know the guys who did the book on andre and you know i mean there's just so many books you know, Pat, Bertrand, Pat, yeah yes you know and they those guys have done several books and you guys hopefully will have a outstanding relationship moving forward bob holly i believe his book was ecw press and might have yeah, been I mean, yeah yeah just Thinking off the top of my head, which is scary, and love the beverage, by the way. Hold on, you'll appreciate this. As I, I figure if you guys are going to be swearing up a storm, I can open up a beer. So let's let's make this. Uh... We are Irish. So I stepped away. Well, yeah, he may be Irish, but as I stepped away, I just picked up mine, as you guys will hear me opening stuff up. Oh, nice. Our own show beer mug. Very that's, nice. That's terrific. So, well, I say beer mug, but people use it for whatever. But Mixed cocktails. Yes. But all kidding aside, besides the uh, cheap plug there, and we'll put the link to the mug on their episode as well. Why not? It helps a good charity. So, as Brian was telling me, because Dan mentioned about them coming together, Dan is more of the insider side of things from a wrestling standpoint where Brian said it's been some time since he had watched a product and has more of the music and the boxing and historical background. And you guys came with two different views. So what was it like for both of you to sit down together and try to come up with a concept and the chapters and such? It was really cool because I've known Dan for years. Um, we go way back um, because we're from the same area. We have a lot of mutual friends. And when I came up with the concept for my wrestling book, it was not meant for me at all. I had actually thought of this idea and wanted to give it to Dan to do as his next book. And my inspiration was we're both from Buffalo, New York, and Dick Byer, uh, the destroyer was a local hero and when he passed away i remember thinking how sad it was that no one got a chance to do you know a full oral history of the business with a lot of these old timers because so many of them are gone and so many guys in the business die so young sadly that i thought doing an oral history would be great 
And when I saw Dan at the lecture and I pitched it to him, he called me a couple weeks later. We got together for, you know, like I said, um, several cups of coffee. And he told me his idea. I had mine. We said, you know, great way to combine those two ideas. And Dan said, yeah, but this is a really big project because it'll take a couple years. So there's no way I could do this alone. Do you want to do it with me? And I said, I'm going to really have to think about that, Dan. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, and I was nervous, though, very nervous, because I am a total outsider. I was a big wrestling fan as a kid. Loved it in the late 70s, early 80s. But I hadn't watched it in going on 30 years. And Dan is you know, a very respected guy in the business and a very well-known guy in the business. And I'm like, you're taking the schmuck on who, who's nobody in, in, in the business. How are they going to respect that? But Dan was, to his, to, his, uh, to his credit and his wisdom, he knew that was an angle going in that would be a different take on it, having someone from the outside. And uh, I would get different stories. They would talk to me differently. And, you know, it was when we started putting together the actual format of the book and we butted head a couple times about direction. Um, and I will say this, every time we butted heads and Dan won the argument in retrospect, I am so glad he won that argument because I realize now that I was wrong and, and yeah. Let the pro do his thing. You know, the guy who knows the business, let him dictate. It was an incredible, it was a two-year journey, um, but it was an incredible experience. And of all the things I've done, this is by far the most fun project I've ever worked on. So, Dan, would you like to respond to any of those volleys? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Uh, I'm a little, uh, yeah. Uh, we didn't butt heads too often. Uh, I guess we may have a, a couple times in there, um, but I, I think that that's good. I, I think that what helps is, is when you have that that kind of conflict, even not that not hard conflict, but discussion. It, it helps develop things a little bit more. Um, I've written some books on my own. I've collaborated. Uh, there's pros and cons to each. But in that collaborative thing, it's good to have another set of eyes or another perspective saying, no, we, we ought to try doing it this way. Or how about we think about this? Um, so I'm glad that, you know, it, it all worked out and Brian and I didn't beat each other or cripple each other along the way. And we have a book that we're very happy with. Yeah. And when I say butted heads, I mean, it wasn't like you can't write for shit. They're wrong. No, it was more <laughs> or less um, being more of a historian. I really wanted to focus a lot more on old time wrestling. And Dan was like, no, 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 no. This is about the business and it evolving. We have to include a lot of these newer guys to show how it progressed over the years. And he was right. 100%. He was right. So Dan didn't go, or either one of you didn't go Billy Robinson on the other. <laughs> no, there's no, no shoots, no hooking, no, uh, nothing like that. No, I'm much bigger than Dan. It wouldn't be fair. <laughs> But I've got the I've got the amateur experience, you know. So he does. <laughs> uh, on that note, which I found interesting, in because wrestling has always had a cast of characters for sure, as you both would know from different perspectives. So I found it interesting 
that for the forward you had James Mitchell, the sinister minister, who's a character in his own right. So what was it about? Let's get James to do this. You know, I, I think that we have thought of a few people. Um, either we look at somebody who is someone we've profiled in the book. And a lot of the people we profiled, uh, you know, a lot are no longer with us. But some of the ones that are, uh, are very modest. They, they didn't really want to say too much. They may not necessarily be able to add a lot to it. Or, and because we already wrote about them too. So I, I, I thought they were kind of covered. So I thought maybe we can go completely. In fact, Brian and I looked at a few outside choices. We looked at some kind of famous musician uh, who are wrestling fans, who we thought could bring some something different to this, a different insight. Uh, some actors and actresses, some very well-known actors and actresses we reached out to. And had some, a couple of boxers, a couple of very well-known boxers, yes. Um, but we, we ended up selecting the Sinister Minister because, like you said, he is a very, uh, he's a great character. And in a book that we're talking about the nuances and, and the, the things that the wrestlers are doing, getting that outside voice who understands the business and has that insight that, that Jim Mitchell has, I thought it would really be an extra kind of, uh, um, what would it be, like a, a seasoning, a spice to put on your, your meal, you know, just that little extra to bring it out the flavors, you know, and I think uh, I think he did a great job with it. Well, you sure as hell got a hot spice, I would say, if anything. <laughs> the the devil spice, yeah, something yeah. like that. Now, as we, I was saying, that was fortunate enough to be chat with Brian a little bit a couple minutes prior to Dan coming on and a start in this. But Brian mentioned that, and I want to bring this up before I forget, he had a hell of a story as far as Jim Cornette. So do you want to tell that story? I would love to tell that story. When we were contacting everybody we wanted to for the book, and we, we sat down and we had a list of a ton of people we wanted to talk to. These are the people whose insight we want. And most of them we were able to get. Um, a couple like Harley Race passed away before when we were supposed to be talking to him and he passed away right before we were going to talk to him. A couple other people were too sick to talk. Um, a couple people wanted cash and, you know, we, no, we're not going to pay you for that. And Jim Cornette was someone both of us really wanted to talk to. We wanted his insight on this because he's a history guy. You know, as much of a character as he is in the business, he is a wrestling history encyclopedia. And we both love Jim Cornette. Love him or hate him is the gimmick, the character. He is one of the best people in the world as far as history goes. Goddamn. So, <laughs> so we were trying to contact him. And we talked to several people who said, Jim would love this. Yeah, give him a call. And Dan was never able to reach him. And finally I said, you know what? Give me his number. I'll try. So one day I'm, I'm you know, working my day job and I had a break. So I said, I'm going to try calling Cornette. Dial his number and phone picks up and just hangs up. So like any normal person, I'm assuming, oh, the call dropped because cell phone call dropped. So I called him right back and instantly he just picks up the phone. No, hello. No, who is this? Just listen, motherfucker. If I hang up the phone, it means I don't want to fucking talk around busy. God damn it. Don't call back, you stupid son of a bitch. Fuck you. And hangs up. And I said, no, hello. 
know who is this, know what's this about. And I called Dan and told it to him and I said, neither of us are going to contact him again. He's off the list. Not that we're afraid or embarrassed or intimidated, but that is the perfect Jim Cornette story. It can't get any better than that interaction. That's where I want it to be. That made me happy. As a fanboy at that point, I was thrilled that that was my Cornette experience. Uh, has anybody tried to reach out to him since? Or Because I know he has the Jim Cornette experience, and I would so love to hear from his perspective on why said conversation would have or lack of conversation would happen. No, no, I, I don't, I haven't spoken to him. I mean, I've, I've interviewed him. I've talked to him in the past. You know, I, I was with pro wrestling magazine for over 20 years and did some interviews with them for that. Uh, it went down to Louisville and, and sat in on an OVW TV taping once upon a time. Um, so I, I know him. I uh, haven't spoken to him recently, obviously, um, but no, I, I hope that one day we get a chance to catch up with them and let them know that it was Brian, you know, calling on behalf of this project, because I think he would really like this book. I really honestly do. Uh, we actually used a couple quotes from him from some of his podcast episodes, okay. uh, because we did do a lot of interviews with uh, a wide range of talent, uh, older guys, current people, independents, nationally known all across the board to get a, a variety of responses. And then we went to books, you know, Luthez's book, Hooker, a few others uh, that people had wrote and what they wrote about other people, some podcast interviews and other pieces where we, we took a quote about an individual, you know, talking about what made somebody else unique. So I remember there's one specific quote we had from Cornette about uh, how great of a bumper Harley Race was and, and everything he technically did and the way it sounds when he went over, um, you know, when he took a backdrop, high backdrop. And landed with a, a thud rather than kind of a pop pop, you know, because everything hit the mat all at once, mm -hmm. uh, which we quoted from his podcast. So uh, we love Jim Cornette and love him, you know, all the all, to all the world. But he didn't want to he didn't have time for us uh, on this project. And Jim, if you hear this, I'm not offended. I'm not bashing you. I love it. I think that is I, that's one of my favorite interactions I've had with anybody because that's what you expect from Cornette. That's what a Cornette interaction should be. <laughs> and it just made me happy. And we still love you, Jim. Well, I am going to definitely give the Iggy to his wife, Stacy, because to check this out early okay. on, they, to hear this, because yeah. I've been trying to get a hold of Cornette myself, and but it's usually through Stacy. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let him, so, let him, let her know. Let him know, and yeah, we'll send him a copy of the book for just twenty bucks. <laughs> ECWpress.com. There we so, go. So, obviously, there's a lot of information here. A lot of people you talk to, you butted heads a few times, quote unquote. But what was the when you sat down to and had those conversations? What was the criteria? you were looking for from the different perspectives you know actually i can uh i can grab the book and pull it out right here um we do kind of do that right in the beginning uh we talk a little bit about the criteria uh it's actually kind of the first chapter a quick introduction um because that's the thing as we talk to more and more wrestlers the idea at first it seemed to me very straightforward a wrestler's wrestler um, you know, the guys that everyone else respects, the guys that everybody in back makes time to go over and watch on the monitor 
because this is a guy, regardless whether he's got the title or main event or undercard, he's the guy that all the boys want to see work. But as we got into the interviews, we found that even the wrestlers had different ideas of what makes a wrestler's wrestler. So uh, Robbie from the Highlanders, uh, spoken to him, and his idea was, well, a wrestler's wrestler is obviously the guy who makes the most money, right? I mean, so Hulk Hogan is the best wrestler of all time. Other people would disagree, you know, but everybody has their own interpretation. Uh, Chris Jericho said the phrase, a wrestler's wrestler, he, he saw it as kind of like a backhanded compliment. Like, hey, you, you know, you're good enough to pop the boys in back, but not necessarily be a main event guy. You're just a great wrestler. You're a wrestler's wrestler. You know, you're, you're good enough, but you're not a superstar. Whereas Colt Cabana, and again, this kind of shows the range of guys we talked to. Colt Cabana said that, you know, it's really the ultimate compliment when you, you try to perfect your craft. And that's kind of where the subtitle came from, the masters of the craft of professional wrestling. If you're working to per- perfect your craft, the other craftsmen are your best judges to, to determine if you've done that. So basically what we did is we took some of these different definitions and different insights and came up with some of the criteria and to quickly kind of go through it. And we go through about eight pages of explaining like, you know, the background and, and what some of this, you know, how this, we came upon this, but basically here's how we define a wrestler's wrestler for the purpose of this book. Uh, believability. And that's pretty easy to explain. You know, you have to, be able to believe what somebody's doing looks real. It has to look legitimate. Versatility. Uh, the all-time greats can wrestle anywhere on the card, from the opening match to the main event. Uh, adaptability. Uh, that's basically, you know, depending on who who can you work. Uh, different styles, different sizes. Heel, baby face. You're going to do a comedy match. You're going to go 60-minute Broadway. Are you adaptable enough to make that happen? Respect. And respect is basically the respect of the, the business of wrestling, as well as the respect for opponents and the respect from their peers. So people who don't take liberties with other people, people who don't say, oh, I was in the business for the money. I don't really care about it. It got me somewhere else. And the guys that were really just known as locker room leaders. So that's kind of a, a wide ranging topic. Uh, dedication, uh, closely related to respect. It's the guys who learned how to properly apply holds but then transitioned between the holds. They, they really kind of took the time to learn the nuances of the craft. And then aura or presence. That was something that we have uh, Terry Funk said that uh, a wrestler who continuously creates an atmosphere where you have a maximum amount of people pay to see him, the guy that produces sellout after sellout, because he's bigger than life. He's, he is, when he is in the ring, looks like he is a star or at least a legitimate athlete. Um, and then safety. Basically, the guys who have a reputation for not hurting their opponents or taking liberties with them. So that, that I mean, I know it went on a little bit there, but that's kind of the, the framework we used to determine the criteria for who we'd include. Because it's funny that when I first heard the title of the book, and obviously, like you mentioned, there's different criteria. It cross-references some names that I would obviously think of. And obviously you mentioned Terry Funk and whatever he says is I would consider gospel in terms mm-hmm. of the respect level and everything else. But what I was saying is when I first initially heard about the book and the title, the wrestlers wrestler, I was thinking of guys such as Ted DiBiase, Kurt Henning, Brett Nowen, Kurt Angle, guys from a technical standpoint but obviously they also had 
a variety of chemistry and presence, as you said in your description there. And, and you know, you've come across other names such as guys who may have been considered shooters or hookers, whatnot. Your Danny Hodges, your Kanitskis, your Billy Robinsons, mm-hmm. your Luthezes. But then you have guys who can do a little bit of everything. Like you mentioned, a guy like, say, of modern time, a Colt Cabana that has who can do comedy, who can wrestle, who can, you know what I mean? Who could do different styles. So Brian was telling me as well that with some of his conversations that he had some long in-depth conversations with guys. So was there, because I know you said earlier on that you were out of the loop per se for 30 years. Yeah. Was there somebody that you had a chance to talk to during this project that didn't tell you to fuck off that you were really surprised to learn from? You know, it's interesting. A lot of the guys I talked to, I don't think were ever approached the way I approached them. That, you know, I called them was very upfront that I'm an outsider of the business. I'm a historian and I just want to have a conversation. I'm not going to shoot a bunch of questions at you. Let's just talk, see where it goes. I developed some great friendships out of this. I mean, to this day, I'm on the phone with Terry Funk two to three times a week. Um, We became very close. Lucky bastard. Yeah, he (laughs) is the greatest guy in the world, and and I love him dearly. Um, I became, you know, quite close with uh, the great buddy Colt, who recently passed. He passed right before the book went to the, uh, right as the book was going into print, so we couldn't even get that put in the book as a dedication to him. Um, Bob Roop uh, really opened up to me and we talked quite a bit and I don't think he talked to many people um, one of the most interesting ones was Baron Von Raschke um, who is famous for, not out of the claw but he doesn't break cave Fabian in interviews usually I mean if you ever see him even on shoot interviews he's the Baron And when I contacted him, I don't think he wanted to do an interview or wanted to talk to anybody. And actually it was his wife answered the phone. And I asked if he was there and she said, no, he's not here. And I said, oh, okay, you know, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. This is what's going on. And, you know, I'd love to talk to him if he has a chance to get back. Um, It'd be fantastic. And when when this happened, it was right when the whole COVID thing started. And out of genuine concern and caring, I asked, hey, are you guys okay up there? How's everything going? Are you staying safe? Is everything okay? You know, where I am, it's getting pretty bad. How are you doing? And I talked to her for about five minutes about that. Wait, wait, you know, on, Brian. I'm sorry, the, the Hulk Hogan thing you said when it started? The COVID, the whole COVID thing. Oh, the whole, I thought you said the Hulk Hogan thing. I'm like, no, no, no Hulk Hogan and what you gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? He was just looking at the SI I have signed up. Yeah. <laughs> the whole COVID the, and the whole, the whole coronavirus. <laughs> brother, right, sorry um, about that. I didn't mean to derail you. Brother. Yeah, fine. And when I hung up with her, about 10 minutes later, my phone rang and it was him. And he said, you actually were concerned about how me and my wife were doing. You're legitimate. You're not just some, you know, 
Huckster trying to get some free info. And we talked for a long time. We had a great conversation. And um, no character, no gimmick. He was just himself. But then as we were wrapping up, he goes, I do have a gift for you, Brian. And if you're going to talk to the Baron, and he turned into the Baron for the last minute of the call. It was awesome. But um, nobody told me to fuck off except for a few people that asked for money. Um, and then you, you know, I can understand. I understand that completely. Um, we weren't paying. But um, one thing that I found really fascinating, and I love this, is... Almost to a man, the people that I spoke to that were old timers, one of the first things they asked me when I told them I wasn't outside everything was, so before we talk, Brian, uh, I got to ask, are you smart? They wanted to know if I was in on wrestling being a work, whereas everybody younger took that for granted. It's just, yeah, everybody knows wrestling's a work. The old guys still have that mentality of keeping the business pure. and. You know, people can laugh and say, oh, everybody knows. How could they? I found that charming and wonderful. I think that showed that their level of dedication and their love and their respect for the business is still there after all these years. And that's key, the respect, that's for sure. So another name I wanted to bring up, because I know he's mentioned in the book and it's got his own section. And he's a guy I would love to talk to because I would say on the grand scope of everything that you have here from, like I said, you got your guys from Fez and Koch and all them to current guys and gals, I should say, where you talk about Mercedes Martinez, Daniel Bryan and Colt Cabana and guys like that. So I would say the person I'm thinking of is in the middle there, Ricky Steamboat. And obviously everybody says, Hey, uh, yeah, WrestleMania three, yada yada yada. So, yeah, it's nice. I mean, we have a full chapter on on Ricky Stream, Steamboat, along with most of the people you mentioned earlier, Brett Noen, and so on. Yeah, I mean, Ricky Steamboat is a guy who, I mean, you don't hear a bad thing about. And even when he came out of retirement, what in maybe 2014, 2013, and worked that program with Jericho. Yeah, I mean, he still looked fantastic. You know, I mean, the, the guy still takes takes uh, amazing care of himself and. He looks like he can still go. And uh, I mean, and his work has just always looked believable and, and solid. His selling is, I mean, his selling is second to none, which I think he, that's why he was always such, in my opinion, an amazing challenger, but kind of a lousy champion because he was the guy you wanted to get behind and you wanted to see him as the underdog. And you had to, you know, he, he, he's got to beat that bad guy. And then when he did a lot of the appeal wore off because now you know, he is the, the, at the top of the mountain, you know, and if you look at his career throughout his entire career, he would win the title. He'd chase it for four months. He'd win it. He'd hold it for three or four weeks and then drop it. And it's because he was always so good in that underdog uh, baby face role, uh, baby face for his entire career, never went heel at all. As far as I, I'm pretty certain about that. Him and Tito Santana are the two, I think that uh, never had the, the baby face or the heel run, but uh, yeah, I mean, Steamboat was one of a kind. And amazing, so, think about this about Ricky Steamboat. Someone likes Steamboat. Part of the criteria of the book is respect in the business by the other boys, by the people around them. Who else do you think Savage and McMahon would have put over on the biggest card in the history of the organization? 
when Savage is one of your biggest stars and Vince is making more money on the biggest wrestling show of all time and they put Steamboat over? Are we talking of that era or are we talking any era? I, I can answer. Especially of that era. But I mean, they were able to put him over on that show because Savage agreed to it and because Vince agreed to it. That's the respect he had. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, No ego say, involved with Savage on that one. He was like, you know what? I'm going to let Ricky do this. Of that era, I can't think, really think of anybody that would fill that spot. So I want to ask final question for both of you. And this is going to be deep. And obviously there's some personal connections with this. Well, not deep as in you're trying to dig out the monkey with the, as Brian was messing with his ear mm. there. <laughs> The monkey with the symbols. But biggest reason to get this book is our favorite chapter that you would recommend people wanting to see or read. Oh, that's a tough question. Brian, do you have a favorite that jumps out at you right away? There's a couple um, that I think reading the book. First off, the whole thing is worth reading. Um, buy the book now. But TWPress.com, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all that fun stuff. At a fine bookseller near you, all of yeah. <laughs> And but I would say, what makes the book special, is, and this is a tagline I, I, I say, and uh, maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little sappy, but this book is a love letter to the business, in large part dictated and written by the people who lived it, because so much of it is their quotes and their stories. You've read it, I mean, as far as the actual stories go. I don't think you could put the book down if you get into the story about the Canadian, uh, the death tour that uh, Vance Nevada told, or the story of Ron Fuller explaining how his grandfather, you know, took over the territory. I mean, those stories alone are worth the price of the book. But if you're a wrestling fan of any age, um, it's a love letter to the business written in large part by the people who lived it. Yeah. And I would add some of the profiles, uh, George Gordienko, Somebody who's very, you know, not not known by today's uh, fans, but had a fascinating history. Uh, even guys like I mean, um, Rip Rogers and and <laughs> Dick Murdoch and Adrian Street. So they're more well known than somebody like Gordienko. Although Gordienko should have been NWA World Champion, except he wasn't allowed back in the country, and, and that that's an incredible story. Uh, but a lot of those profiles have things like that too. Um, both the guy's history and what they've accomplished, plus quotes from a lot of their peers and and how they really stood out and stood above the rest of the pack. So those are the things that I kind of uh, like the most in the book. And we talk about the greatest active wrestler alive today, Jay Switchblade White. <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, we will definitely be sharing links for Amazon and all the outlets you can find this book also ecwpress.com let me mention that one more time thank you so much you know what i know we're running out of time but i'm going to ask you one because i'm a podcast host too go ahead what was your favorite part of the book i would say there's two things because i'm more of it well i was an 80s and 90s guy whatnot however i'm an old school guy i was a history major in college whatnot so i have the history background like you brian but I would say I really appreciate the profiles on both the Funker and Harley Race. Right. And it it's funny, I and I don't have time for this story, unfortunately, but Funk used to work for a promoter 
occasionally in the early 2000s the company's no longer in business and it would be funny the little bit i would be backstage hearing terry tell stories <laughs> and there's a, apparently a story out there and i talked to a co-star from the film roadhouse that he was involved with this co-star didn't know anything about it and i believe the guy but apparently during the what do you call it, the rap party of the movie funk may have done some karaoke version stuff but the not the most pc <laughs> i believe it yeah i believe it too from where i heard it so it sounds like terry terry's the greatest we yes. love you terry yeah we say that with all peace and love sir peace and love peace and love he'd be so, proud of it <laughs> oh he he'll probably tell you i bet you if you call him he'd probably go yeah that was all me yeah, uh, not, not that, only that, that he, was great. Yeah, he'd start singing again. You know, he'd jump right back into it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When I heard the story, it wasn't from him, but it totally sounds like something Terry would do. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll put it that way. Gentlemen. Terry. Yeah, yeah. God bless that man. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Hey, I know we have a lot of horror fans that listen to our shows, and I know things have been tough for everybody across the board these past six or seven months with what's been going on in the real world, but I wanted to make a suggestion to you horror fans, because I know part of the normal routine year in and year out is to attend different conventions to meet some of your favorite horror stars. However, none of us have been able to do that because of obvious reasons. But I do have a little suggestion for you. SignatureHorror.com Now, some may ask, what is that? Well, they obtain autographs for the fans from some of their favorite stars, from some of their favorite franchises. Whether it be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. They have different options such as, besides getting their autographs, you can do live Zoom calls with your favorite stars. You can do personalized videos for people, greetings of some sort. They just have many options. So if you're looking for to spend some money that you may have spent at conventions, check them out and see the options they have signaturedhorror.com that's right signaturehorror.com wow thinking your day is bad and really looking to make it worse why not try downloading this new classic set of music that will be dropping so far off the charts there's bound to be injuries <laughs> Now that's what I call depressing. It's gonna make those who are even close to having the slightest glimmer of hope wanna jump off the highest of planks. For those that are getting Now That's What I Call Depressing, you'll be getting that song that reminds you of that relationship with those cougars, Wrinkled Ladies. 
For those who weren't really into cougars, but those who had that special friend while in Cell Block 2B, we got for you this clusterfuck that will put you in therapy for years to come. With cheeks wide open. Who the fuck writes this shit? Oh hell, we're still recording this commercial. Always with you, it cannot be done. Those that rather have it out than in. This loaded hit will be dropping soon. Farthing in the USA. For those who place their order by calling or ordering online, the next hundred folks will receive their choice of either a noose of good quality that won't snap an installation of a new outlet next to your bathtub so you can now blow dry your hair in a full tub. Or the choice of the right gang to just beat the fuck out of you. Call us today at 1-800-FUCK-THIS. Hey guys, it's Candace Michelle, and I'm so excited to be a part of Crazy Train Radio. I hope you guys tune in to this live interview.